Hey, 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 my friends. I know it's been a super long time since I put an episode out, and I promise I am always thinking about ideas, and I have so many awesome suggestions that some of you gave me earlier. Um, I was going to say this school year, but it was probably at the end of summer. Anyhow, I've been sick for about the last 10 days. Um, Thankfully, not COVID, but um, I don't know. I haven't had a cold since November of 2019, October of 2019. I don't remember it being this bad. Maybe I've just become a baby because I have stayed illness-free for the last three years. Um, But anyhow, I am on my road to recovery, but I was having a conversation with one of my closest teacher friends today, and we were talking about different activities that we do with our novice-level learners and the kind of debate that can happen amongst the language learning community about what is the purpose of this activity, why are we doing it, is it worth our time, and I really wanted to just share some reflections and thought I had thoughts I had about the idea of what we do in our classrooms that goes beyond language acquisition. And I think a lot of times, sometimes in our community, especially if you're involved in, you know, Lang Chat on Twitter and the different Facebook groups and kind of the research and all of that that goes into this, and all of those things are wonderful. But I think a lot of times we can get so caught up in the science of it and the, oh, well, that's not a valuable minute of my class because it doesn't provide input that drives acquisition, that sometimes I think we can forget about the other important things that matter as far as a classroom, typical classroom setting goes. I know not everyone who's listening to this or that teaches languages teaches in a typical classroom setting. So if these ideas don't necessarily apply to your situation, then I'm not I'm not addressing that, okay? I'm not going to say one size fits all for everyone because every situation and every group is different. And, you know, the country that you're teaching in, the state, the city, the school that you're teaching in, we all have different individual environments, and it's important to take those things into consideration. And so the idea came up of when we have our novice level students outputting and trying to trying to have them output in L2 in the target language in a way that's authentic and that they can feel accomplished and encouraged. So I want to share a little bit about how this came up. Um, And it came up because one of my closest teacher friends shared an activity that she does in her classes and um, a question was kind of brought up and there was some reflection and we had a really, really good conversation about if the students are trying to output in Spanish, but they're not able to, and so they use Spanglish because those are the two languages they know, or maybe they use some English, and then those students get together with other students in class and they're kind of working together to revamp and narrow down their ideas that they had written down, are they going to be getting quote-unquote bad input from each other? And while I understand the hesitancy um, to exposing, having students expose each other, that sounds really weird, please don't take that out of context, Um, having students exposing each other to their quote-unquote flawed language, number one, that sounds a little bit... Um, I'm not sure the word escapes me at the moment, but it sounds a little bit like 
my language is better than your language. And I think something that we, a lot of us need to unpack, myself included, is the idea that as long as meaning is being conveyed, that that communication is valid. I mean, babies, when they cry because they're hungry, we're not going to be like, no, you cannot eat because you're not speaking English. I mean, okay, that's like an overly dramatic example, but we, we don't talk to kids that way when they're learning. So when our students are switching between their two languages or trying to manage that, especially when you have students who are multilingual in your classroom to begin with, I have many students that Spanish is their first language, they're heritage speakers of it, they've learned English in school their whole life, and now they're learning Spanish again, but now they're having to like throw in a little bit more of the accuracy and things. I, I want to welcome the students to bring their languages to the classroom and to share what they can. So I think what it comes down to is beyond this concern for possibly flawed input, what are the other reasons you're doing this activity, right? I teach middle school primarily, fifth through eighth grade. I have like 200-ish students and I have 45 minutes with them four days a week. And so I don't know if you've ever tried to teach middle schoolers, especially like last hour, or even I suppose freshmen. Freshmen are probably worse. Um, but mm, sometimes they just need to do something that's not sit and listen or sit and read. And so giving them an opportunity to kind of process input that they've already received, let's say that you've told them a story and now um, maybe you're asking them to describe the characters from the story or write down the plot or um, write down the problem or write down what you know was the most exciting moment or the most boring moment. You're asking them to kind of reflect on that input. Even if they don't have that perfect text in front of them, if they have acquired some of that language, they're going to be able to output some of that language, even if it's not in complete sentences. So maybe I'll ask students after we've, you know, read a, a biography about a famous, you know, Hispanic artist, I might say, hey, I want you to take a moment and write down, you know, three facts that you that you remember about this person. And my preference is that you write it in Spanish. And if you can't do it in Spanish, write it in Spanglish. And if you can't do it in Spanglish, write it in English. And then maybe I get to tell them, okay, now find a partner and get together with your partner and look at your, you look at the facts that both of you have and see if you can like agree on what three facts you think are most important or most interesting or had the most impact or whatever, however you want to frame it, right? Because we could frame that in a million different ways of how we want the students to output. Spanglish is valid. And as long as you're not looking at it as like, hey, they're getting super quality input by having these conversations with each other, I think you're okay. And as long as you're not having that be the entire class period, having them work together is a social skill. And I'm sure your high school students, if you're listening to this, have probably been a little bit impacted because of the wonky learning the last few years and not having worked together in groups. I know my students have struggled too. So just having them do group activities to begin with to help them learn how to collaborate and work together is a huge skill. So much that I see about my job is goes well beyond language. It goes, it goes into how can they be kind human beings? How can they pr be productive members of society? How can they be empathetic? How can they be helpful? How can they be leaders? How can they 
lead by example and be mentors for other students. And so, for example, I have a new student to Spanish this year in eighth grade. And like this, I've cut, I have four of them actually, but this one that I'm thinking of, he's had no Spanish before. And I have partnered him with another student who's one of my strongest Spanish students in that class, but he has a really kind, empathetic servant leadership type heart where he wants to help other people. He wants to, he wants to make them better. He, he doesn't want to give them the answer. He wants to work with them. And so when they work together, my student who doesn't know as much is 100% learning from the student who knows more. And that student who knows more is learning how to effectively collaborate, communicate, and work with others. And that is a huge life skill. So I feel like group work is super important, even though it might not be the most bang for your buck acquisition-wise. I think that it can teach a lot of leadership skills, collaboration skills, real life. Like, guess what? You got to work with people sometimes that you don't always agree with, and we need to get over it. We need to move on. Um, And I also think that as long as these activities that we do, like I said, are a smaller portion of class and are centered and kind of bookended by input that is accurate... I don't think it's going to hurt them. And if someone can prove me wrong, if you have the science that says this is absolutely detrimental that they ever read a sentence that another student writes that's Spanglish, if you can show me the research behind that that says that that will prevent them from eventually acquiring the correct way to say those things in Spanish, then I will 100% walk this back. But I am pretty darn sure that that doesn't exist because... I have tons of students in my classroom that speak English and have acquired English and can communicate effectively in English, and it is not correct grammar ever. (laughs) So I can tell you that some of these things, while yes, we never want to emphasize like, oh, look at your other, you know, look at your friend's writing to to learn the best Spanish, I don't think it's going to hurt them. And I think some of us need to give ourselves a little bit more permission to to find purpose in other activities. For example, I remember posting a, a blog post at the beginning of last school year about a word card game that I had used and learned from my, my other teacher friend. And it was basically like I was giving the students individual word cards with verbs and subjects and everything else. And then I gave them blank word cards and their challenge in their group was to make as many sentences as possible. And I got ripped apart by some people on the internet of like, this is a waste of time, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And I'm like, dude, if it doesn't work for you, cool, then it's not for you. But don't tell me that my 15 minute activity at the end of class to get kids up and moving and working together and finding ways to output using language they know is a waste of time. I'm sorry, but if that's the boat that you're on, then I am not the person for you to be listening to and working with. If you are in the land of only input ever, only stories, no English, target language always, never let kids read each other's writing, never let kids work together, then like, I am not for you. And I hope that you're here because you're also trying to engage your students, build that positive community, celebrate language of all kinds. Yes, encourage more target language use. Yes, give them that rich input to drive acquisition, but that at the end of the day helps them become well-rounded, empathetic, kind human beings that are going to do 
do well in our society, that are going to be content, that are going to believe in themselves, that are going to want to live, that are going to feel accepted and appreciated and validated and valued for who they are. Because when I had that student who's brand new to Spanish this year turn in his quote-unquote practice test, I basically gave them a practice listening, reading, and writing assessment to, you know, help them prepare. And it's almost exactly like what they're going to expect. But at first test of the year, you know, got to ease them in a little bit. Um, when he handed in to me, here, Miss Leopard, I wrote these sentences I wrote my paragraph because their writing prompt was to write three or more sentences describing a setting that I had given them in Spanish and include at least four different sensory details. Um, and he said, I, my sentences aren't very good. And I said, you know what? I don't care. This kid's been learning Spanish for like 12 class periods. And he's been thrown into a class with kids who've been learning it, some of them for like 10 years. And I've had some of them for four years. I was like, I don't care. And he like looked at me and I said, you did your best. You wrote Spanish words on this paper, and I understand what you're trying to communicate. That's all that matters right now because the rest will come with time. I think the research tells us that we cannot rush the process. Students' brains need input. They need hours and hours of input. And, I mean, honestly, if you add up the amount of hours I have with them, based on kind of those graphs that tell you where they're going to end up, most of my students are going to end up at like the intermediate low range, even after they've been at our school for 10 years taking Spanish. So in a realistic way, if I can give them opportunities to collaborate, to output, to encourage them to write, to encourage them to communicate and feel proud of themselves, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them those chances. So I'm going to stop ranting now. Um, but I just really wanted to take a moment to reflect on this conversation that I had with my amazing and brilliant friend and kind of the feedback and ideas that we've, we've discussed because I think it's a really important reminder for a lot of us that take a breath, slow down, let them process the input they've had, let them interact with their peers in a way that's safe, let them output, let them use the language that they're learning because even though... And I've had this happen where I haven't given students a lot of opportunities to write on their own, even though we might be writing, like write and discuss texts as a class, and we might be speaking a lot of Spanish, and they might be reading a lot. Sometimes actually just doing the writing, even if it's not accurate, helps build their confidence. It prepares them. It gets them used to that task. So anyhow... I'm sorry if that was all over the place, but I appreciate you listening till the end, and I will be back soon with more episodes and more things that I've been doing in my classes and um, what has been working and maybe some, some things of what haven't been working. And I hope you're all doing well. Stay safe and take care.